Chapter Twenty Seven of the Convict by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven. It was evening. The sky was of a deep purple, seldom seen in any part of the northern hemisphere. There was a line of light upon the western sky, not yellow, not red. I know not the name of the colour. It was dying day colour, the last gleam of the eyes of expiring light. Everything was solemn and grand. There was a deep stillness in the air, a vastness in the wide expanse, a profundity in the hues of every object, a silence and a grandeur in the whole that sank into the soul and filled the mind with imaginings melancholy though grand. One might stand there and fancy oneself the first or the last of created beings upon earth with the first or the last sunset before him it was a mountain top high over the flat lands around starting up from the scrub abrupt and precipitous and wherever the eye turned there was neither road nor living thing nor human habitation not an insect was heard there was no wind in the heavens the trees rested motionless not a lizard was seen upon the rocks dark waves of magnificent vegetation flowed away like a sea from the feet and a distant glimpse of the austral ocean with the light of the sinking sun skipping along over its vast solitary bosom was the only thing that relieved the magnificent monotony and yet it was a sea without a sail without an oar ten steps farther and the summit would be gained the ten steps were taken and then all was changed another scene broke upon the view infinite in its variety magnificent in its colouring and varied by life but what life not that of man not that of any creature which holds familiar intercourse with him the savage beast and the wild bird of the wilderness were there but neither flocks nor herds nor but nor mansion nor anything to show that the human foot had ever pressed before that beautiful and awful scene there in centuries long past had flamed the wild volcano lifting up its beacon tower of flame over the untravelled seas of the far south there had poured the torrent of the red lava there had heaved and panted the earthquake ere the fire burst forth there perhaps from the depth of the ocean had been hurled up in the last fierce struggle which burst the gates of the prison-house and set free the raging spirit of the flame the mighty masses of rock piled upon rock precipice above precipice coral and lava limestone and basalt the floor-work of the waters mingling in rifted masses with the barriers that hemmed it in and all cemented together by a stream of manifold materials fused in the internal fire towering up in wild irregular walls assuming strange shapes but everywhere gigantic in size the crags of lava surrounded a vast profound basin the crater of the extinct volcano precipice upon precipice jagged rock rising beside jagged rock formed the ramparts and the embrasures of the desert fortress and the eye of the wanderer as he looked down caught suddenly a scene the most opposite in the hollow space below where soft green turf of the richest verdure carpeted the bosom of the cavity till it reached the brink of the deep dark lake that filled up half the expanse 
Opposite and surrounding about three-quarters of the lake rose precipitous cliffs of pure white coral, some seventy or eighty feet in height, looking down into and reflected from the waters, and, as if to make them harmonize with the solemn gloom of that still tarn, every here and there a large white bird skimmed over the waves and carried a line of light along with it. There was something which moved, too, under the nearest clump of tall trees, which were scattered wide apart over the carpet of verdure, but a mass of rock which rolled down from the wanderer's foot scared the creature which had caught his eye, and its wild and enormous bounds showed him in an instant that it was not, as he had fancied and feared, a human being like himself. He had but little cause to fear. Never had the spot been visited by anything in the form of a man, unless it were the wildest and lowest of the race, the Australian savage, and that but rarely, if at all. Amidst the solitary peaks of Mount Gambier, he stood alone, perhaps the first since the creation who ever set a footstep there. As he gazed towards the west, the sun sank, and a greenish shade spread over the blue, he cast his eyes over the land through which he had lately passed. It was all one grey, indistinct mass. He looked down into the vast hollow of the hills. The colouring had suddenly faded, and darkness filled the chasm. But then, as if in comprehension, the moment after came forth the stars, large and lustrous. Bursting forth all at once, and spangling both the bosom of the heaven and the deep waters of the lake below. "'Here will I live or die,' said the wanderer. "'It matters not which.' And placing his bundle under his head, he laid himself down beneath the edge of the rock and gazed up towards the sky. End of chapter 27